podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to FYP episode number 312. God bless you for being with us on this journey. I know what you're thinking, this lad's got a thick Croydon accent from the Palace Heartland. Uh, I, I'm not Jim Daly, I'm James Gill. I'm from Leeds, but I'll tell you what, cut me, cut me into red and blue. Uh, I'm joined today, it's going to take me a while to uh, get through this roll call of guests we've got on here. So we've got uh, Jesse Boyce. How you doing James? I'm not too bad. Lovely to it, see you. Thank you. It's a real patch-up, isn't it? It's a bit like the team last night. Well, I mean, this this is a beautiful thing. So the reason why I said it's going to take me a while is I was joking because there's quite literally two of us. Um, Salzy's been called up on international duty. He has. He's uh, ruled himself out. Ruled himself out. Jim Daly, uh, thigh strain. Yeah. Who else would he be on it? Kevin, Kevin Day. Yeah, he's a... Chesty cough. Got a Christmas party. That means... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it is, to quote um, the, the, the wise prophet Will Smith, just the two of us. It's a patch-up, but hopefully not in the sort of cryogenically defrosted gyro <laughs> read about type of way. Well, OK. Who's been, in the history of Palace, who've, who've been the, the, the greatest patch-up jobs? Who's, who's been drafted in and ended up proving a, a revelation? Anyone springs to mind there? Wambasaka. Was Wan- did Wambasaka yeah. come in as a patch-up job? Yeah. Go on, please. please. Well, Wardy Ta- was uh, injured. Of course, yeah. Last year. So he got drafted in for three easy games in a week. United, Spurs and Arsenal, I think it was. And the rest is history. And yeah, and 50 million later, we're uh, still looking for a right-back. <laughs> and that's incredible, yeah. isn't it? I mean, talk about sliding doors. Well, um, the, well there was some... It was potentially sort of history we're going to repeat itself a bit last night because Tyrick Mitchell was on the bench. That's right. He's a rookie left back. Yeah. Um, Gyro obviously filled in. I'm sure we'll come on to that. And then MacArthur filled in for him. But there was, you know, an inkling that, you know, the, the, the only other option apart from that was Mitchell yeah. to make his debut. So that could be the next story. But I'm right in thinking that fans are secretly hoping that that ends up being the case, aren't they? Because I think they're they're wanting history to repeat itself with with Wambasaka, and they, they think this lad could be the future in that regard. Yeah, I saw him play. I think against Dulwich pre-season, and uh, along with another couple of interesting, bright prospects. I think it's Pierrick who's just signed his first pro contract. Yeah. Brilliant in that game as well. So there could be a you know 
a patch-up job uh, situation does open the door for these youngsters. Although Roy, you know, doesn't really do it freely. With Wampasaka was, I think the story went that he was looking to go out on loan. Yeah. And that brought brought him to Roy's uh, front of his attention. So that that's sort of helped him him get thrown in. But yeah, who knows? We never know how far away with these players are until they get called upon. So absolutely, and also you never know. You know, some players. I know historic, not just Crystal Palace, managers think player X isn't ready and then they end up having to play and for whatever reason they turn out to be a, a revelation, don't they? That's right. So I think Woods was on the bench as well last night yeah. because we have no other centre-back options yeah. right now. So yeah, it's, it's, we look like we're on the cusp of maybe another debutante. Depends how bad Christmas goes for us because, you know, it is the stereotypical um, Christmas flood of fixtures coming now. It's just it's our injuries have peaked beforehand, so who knows where we're going to be in the next couple of games. We've got to play Boxing Day, 28th, New Year's Day at Norwich, then the Cup. So we'll see. I think the odds on for maybe an appearance from a youngster. But I would always say, when the, when the fixtures come thick and fast and when there are injuries, I, I always just think, not just with Palace, with, with every club, I just think, suck it up, because that's that's football, baby, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a tricky... I mean, we've got points on the board early this year. so Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's a strange luxury. So, And the injuries... We were lucky not to get this sort of injury or wave of injuries earlier in, in the season. So we've ridden our luck a little bit and in about a week's time we're allowed to buy people. And of course, I'm sure we've got loads of stars lined up. <laughs> Mate, I'm, you're talking to the most... Pa- when it comes to Palace, I'm the most positive, optimistic person. I, You know, I'm, I'm staunchly pro-Friedman. I know that uh, Mr. Day would not necessarily... Have you had it out with him about that yet? I mean, Kevin and I get on very... I love Kevin a great... I look up to him so much. I think he's... I always loved... I love seeing him. We see each other every Monday. We work on the... We work on Back of the Net together, the, the Amazon football show, um, out every Tuesday, 7pm. Um, and I, I love talking Palace with Kevin. I, I wish I... I wish I saw him more often, but we don't... We. I think part of the reason we get on so well is we don't agree on a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> and everything that he says, I... I it's not that I disagree with what he says, and I, I think it's healthy to listen to someone who, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying not to turn this into a Brexit chat, but it, I think it is important to, to chat with people who you don't always nece- necessarily share the same views, and Kevin and I certainly have that. I mean, I'm very staunchly pro-Roy. I, I think, I'm so pro, historically I, I haven't always been, I think I, I think part of me thought, oh, what if you moved upstairs and we bring in an Eddie Howe figure? Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like, wish, that's like me it's not me saying, you know, what if I grew a fringe? It's not necessarily, it's not going to happen. Um, but with Roy, and I, this, I really firmly do believe this, I think we all need to look at Arsenal and what's going on there. And my fear is that, I mean, look where we are in the league. I mean, what more do you, you know, you can't swear on this one, can you? But what <laughs> what more do you, do you want? And so, in personally, in, in Roy, I trust. And I think if Roy was to go, I mean, that, it could be a real slippery slope, you know. If if we do, if if too many people wish Roy upstairs and we get someone in who doesn't hit the ground running, then you are in bother, aren't you? Yeah, Roy guarantees safety, pretty much. I think, I remember when we played Fulham in the first game of the season last year and we did a pod outside Craven Cottage yeah. and Fulham fans were pretty keen to talk to us and say, you don't know how lucky you are to have Roy. One hundred, I'm yeah. with the Fulham fans on that one, 100%. Yeah, I think, you know, he's he's a wise old owl. And uh, he's he just gets the most out of he gets more out of this squad than I don't know anyone else would. I don't think your Pulis or your Allardyces would struggle to get more out of this squad than Roy. Mate, I mean, look where we are in the league. 
and you know, I love. I say this with love. Look at that Crystal Palace squad. I mean, Roy should. Roy deserves even more credit than than he gets. I really. I, I don't understand. I mean, it's not, it's not even a minority. It's quite a few people who who aren't pro Roy, and I, I just don't get it for the for the life of me. Because I don't know what more you're expecting. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely got this. He's got this real safety net. He loves players with Premier League, Premier League experience. I think. I don't think he had much to do with the Camarasa signing. Yeah, but you can probably tell that Roy gave it a little bit of the time of day just yeah. because he'd played in the Premier League sure. last year. And the fact that he hasn't used him is by the by. It's just it's sort of a, a box ticker for Roy. If they've played in the Premier League before, he's interested. Um, I mean, there's a few exceptions to that, Gaeta, for example. But you know, he'd, he'd proven himself and was highly rated. But I think that it was interesting with Reader Wild last night. I think. Pre-match, the fans were really keen just to kind of get behind him and give him a chance. He's been waiting patiently in the wings. The last time I saw him play at Sellers was the Man City nil-nil. Yep, and he played really well, mm. yeah, just sort of shoring up the midfield. We kept, I think, we were the first team to stop City scoring that year, and they were prolific. We could have won that game, but we, we Luca missed the pen. But I remember Reederwell had always held a good kind of um, been held well by the fans just after that performance and he's just been sitting there patiently ever since but he really looked out of sorts last night he just struggled for the first 45 minutes and I think Aaron Moy and Montoya were just pulling him apart he was just sort of caught between decisions he didn't yeah. know where, whether to come or, or, to, or to go back to the other player behind him so crosses were making their way in the box and he had to make way at half time I think Roy said after the game it was an injury but you sort of feel that that was him protecting Riederwald's sort of incapacity to keep up with the game. But so, my, so if, if you're listening, wondering what on earth someone from Leeds is, ho- why they're hosting a, a Palace podcast. So I was the Crystal Palace man. If you know this, I apologise for repeating myself, but I was the Crystal Palace man for the Croydon advertiser from '02 to '05. So I didn't really miss a kick um, for that period of time. That included, you know, I'd watch the reserves, I'd chat with Gary Izzet every week um, about the. The, the younger lads and so you know I I I love this club so much where am I going with this is <laughs> I would chat with Dougie Friedman um, and he would say that you, you really have to be playing week in week out in order to feel comfortable and make the right decisions and it's so I obviously I wasn't a <laughs> I wasn't a Premier League player but I do know it is so hard to just get drafted in and to be amazing in your first or second or even third game, it it, it, it does take time, doesn't it, to, to find your feet? It's not encouraging for Gyro because uh, yeah. he, is, he looked like, it reminded me of Papa Suarez's debut. Right. Who had signed for the club and got thrown in against Arsenal. Was way off the pace and conceded, I think you fouled Danny Welbeck, yep. gave away a pen. Mm. Um, and we lost the game. Yeah. So it just And it just looked like, Gyro was in that scenario, been thro- just been bought some rookie player that had been thrown in. But he's not. He's been with us for two and a bit years and just didn't really look like he'd been playing much football. Um, so it's a bit of a worry for him because... But what, I think when know, a player looks like they're not, they're not playing much football, it's because they're not playing much yeah. football. You know, it's, um, it's tough. I, I know the Premier League's tough and I know you've got to produce miracles, but um, sometimes it's the, it is the simplest answer. If he's not played much... The reason he looks ring rusty is because he's because he's ring rusty, you know. That's right. So gyro bounced at half time. Yeah, and uh, I'm very nice, by the way. That was yeah, 
saving that one for you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, but then the, the BBC took the mick out of Roy. Um, we were looking at this at half time on, on someone's phone. They said, oh, and the master plan seems to be, because we were way, you know, give credit to Brighton and we'll, we'll talk about that. They, they really did play well and were knitting it together nicely last night. The BBC said, oh, and uh, the master plan seems to be um, put central midfielder MacArthur at, right, at left back. So they were, they were sort of mocking our reaction to being completely overplayed, outrun. But it kind of worked. Yeah. Right. So credit to Roy again. He just, I think Rob said this last night on the post-match pod that you know that MacArthur just does what he's told. He's well drilled. He knows how to slot into whatever role needs to be fulfilled and whatever whatever kind of um, vacancy there is in the team, MacArthur can slot in and, and just do a job. And that's exactly what he did. So it was the, I think, Brighton had smelt blood with Rita Wild, probably knew before the match he was a real rookie and hardly played. Absolutely. That became clear. Roy had to uh, affect it. And by putting McCarthy in the middle and putting McCarthy left back, we managed to make great, uh, sort of get a little bit more control in the middle of the park where it was Davy proper. It was almost Kabai like yeah. in the way that he recycled the ball. Yeah. Not nearly as much of an uh, icon as Kabai is, but he was really good. <laughs> Uh, just sort of looking useful and just keeping us, keeping Luca at ten yards away, yeah. and just just pinging it left and right. So yeah, it kind of worked, even though it looked like it was just a desperate move to 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 fill the the reader world problem. It's not it's not Roy's first rodeo. No, it's not. So um, Jim, if you're listening, I hope you're not having a heart attack that we've we've launched into Brighton. So I know we'll we'll start with. I say start. We've just we've had a starter there. We'll have a, a little sip between the uh, before the main course. I've got to read out a review. Reviews. Here we go. Mark Williams, great quality podcast. See, I love I love that you read out the the positive stuff. It's like uh, it's like Steve Wright. Love the show, Steve. Mark Williams, great quality podcast. Good production. Did Jim write this himself? Some <laughs> recent special guests have been superb listening. Come on, Jim. Thanks for your hard work in getting these pods out. Come on. Uh, I travel loads, so I save them up for flights and airports. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mark Williams. I hope you're the snooker player, but I'm, I'm not sure that you are. Please leave us five-star reviews in the style of a Palace player and also subscribe wherever you get your pods from. Um, and then also a shout-out to our Patreon, Aaron Wig. Uh, if you want to join us at Patreon, that's patreon.com slash FYP podcast now we've already talked a bit about brighton we're going to talk about it some more why were why were we not at the races for that first 70 minutes if you're not going to be up for palace brighton when are you going to be up for it please what's what is that all about well everyone would just blame the injuries six injuries and we've lost our first choice um you'd almost say we've lost our first choice four defenders so <laughs> Sacco and Cahill, okay, they've only started one game together, I think, um, one or two. And then you've got, obviously, Wardy's out, so Kelly's in there, PVA's out, and Schlupp's out. So we've ended up with Riederwald. However, special mention for Gaeta, who yeah. was absolutely uh, in control. He is astonishing. Yeah, first half. I think he's... And I, look, I'm so... Look, yeah. Send your hate mail my way. I know that Speroni's a saint. Yes. But this, I mean... I think he might. Oh, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I know he's not. I know he's not been there that long, but I think he's the best. I think he's the best goalkeeper, the best pace goalkeeper I've seen. He's been seen it said a lot over the last twelve hours yeah. since the game. Um, he was just so commanding. I, last I, night. I know. I'm, not, I'm well aware that Nigel Martin yeah. could walk on water, but this guy, his physicality, 
I mean, he's he he's doing things in midair. You know, when, you, when I was a kid and you, you saw Michael Jordan for the first time, and you're like, "How is he?" But it's it feels like he's got that he's got that candy in his heels, hasn't he? Well, he's just he's just unerring, right? So yeah, he doesn't seem to be ever doing the Macarena like Hennessy was on his goal line. Oh, and um, I think so. From memory, last night, first few moments where Gaita's poise came into effect was a big big corner came in and he just got an amazing punch on it and then you know that's that's an easy one to mess up but you're rising above well they're big lads brighton too so yeah. um no no mean feat just getting a nice connection on the, that first crucial threat from from them and then there was another ball that was put in behind reader wild that looked like someone could get beyond him Gaita came running out and headed it out for a throw in yeah doing all pulling it all out and just being quite vocal um when he, I think he had a few to-dos with Dan because Dan was pulling out to the left of the 18-yard box. Um, Tompkins was pulling out to the right and Dan was shouting at Gaeta to roll it out to Tompkins. And, Tom, and Gaeta was just with a lot of hand gestures just to calm it down, just move everyone up the pitch. Uh, and he did t- kick a couple out. It, he didn't, his kicks weren't amazing last night, but he, it was thanks to him that we didn't panic too much whilst we were really under the cosh. Was it Brian Clough said something about you know it was worse the effects of you're only as good as your goalkeeper or you know words to that effect that's such a misquote that I wish I'd not said it out loud <laughs> but what what where I am going with this is what a difference it makes where you have a goalkeeper of that class that pedigree and it's not just it's not just his attributes as a goalkeeper it's as a, an attributes as a human being in that the, the, his his presence and I know that Schmeichel is, is is the go-to but when the first time we all saw Schmeichel I'm not sure that we'd seen a goalkeeper as commanding as that and it wasn't just the saves he was pulling off it was the charisma and Gaeta has that charisma about him doesn't he there's something about the guy where and I'm not going to name names of other goalkeepers but there's certain goalkeepers where I would do the opposite of drop my shoulders, you know, because, you know, when you're relaxed, you, your shoulders drop. And there, there'd be too many times where I'd, we would all be collectively panicking about the goalkeeper. But Gaeta, he just has that, ah, oh, that calming presence. Yeah, and we've been crying out for a, a, a great successor to Speroni. Since, well, whilst Speroni was still here, you wanted someone to, to who was worthy of the number one shirt. Yeah. I mean, he's still 31, I think, but... Um, I think that we've been crying out just for, you know, the Palace fans love a good keeper. Someone they can just... That is so true. They can attach themselves that is to. So, I mean, yeah, that is... So I've been, I've, I was a sports writer for more than 10 years, so I've, I've you know, been, to, been to lots of matches. <laughs> but there is something about... I'm not, I'm not just saying this, and you're absolutely right. There is something about Crystal Palace and a goalkeeper, yeah. and I have no idea. It's important. But, but they, they really love a goalkeeper, don't they? Yeah, and it's... Uh, He's sort of like your uh, imaginary friend. Like you just, you feel like you know them. What's that? Why? <laughs> please, please answer this mystery. What's that all about? Does it go back to Martin? I must be. Bef- I mean, this is where we're probably made. even back back in the yeah, day, isn't it? I think this is one for Kevin and Ender's. Palace to- love a goalkeeper. Even Perry Suckling back in the day was but, slightly average, but he was well. And even Carlo Nash. He, yeah, he had a song before he'd even played sure. a full game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that. The, so the, the 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 promotion season of oh three oh four. I think I wrote this in the Croydon Advertiser at the time. Crystal Palace went through goalkeepers like Spinal Tap went through drummers, and we <laughs> we just we just could not find a goalkeeper. So Thomas Meyer was there, Matt Clark. 
I believe, I think started the season, then got injured and then had to retire. It was Nico, Nico Varsen Nico ended Varsen up. Nico in the playoff final. And I'll tell you what, yeah. he, he did a job, bless yeah, him, didn't he? Was he was great, amazing signing. But it wasn't, oh, and, then, and of course then into Gabor Kirai the season after. Oh, there you go. Um, and then obviously Saints, Saints Baroni, I'll do the sign of the cross while I, while I say <laughs> uh, Saints Baroni. But I mean, the, the hope is with Gaeta that he's our guy for a, for a good long while now, isn't he? Oh, it would be great, wouldn't it? Just to have some stability in, in that position because um, it's, it's just been a little bit, it's, it's just been a sort of wavered, but no one's really owned the shirt in, in amongst Spironi's fade out. So, you know, Mandanda came in and that, there was something weird going on there. No, you're right. No one has properly, just that feeling of... of, of just this season, it's really cemented a little bit. But it bit. really does feel like... I mean, he's he, he seems to have everything as well, doesn't he? Everything you're saying about Schmeichel reminded me of a story where I saw him interviewed. You know, remember he used to wear massive shirts? Yeah. I mean, he was a big guy anyway. That's right. But somehow he had an even bigger shirt than you could probably buy in the club shop. Hang on, did he say this on back of the net? I don't know. I think I saw it on, something, on YouTube or something. Yeah. He used to, I think it was that era when he they had the big black shoulder yeah. pads. And um, when the silly patterns first started coming in for goalkeeper shirts for United... And he used to wear oversized shirts so that when a player, he was one-on-one or was advancing on a, a forward with the ball, when he put his arms up, the, the wideness of the shirt made him look bigger. So he just became a bigger obstacle. Something, I mean, there's definitely yeah. something in that. Yeah, I think we should bring that back. I, I'm gonna share, I've, never, I've never shared this, but and maybe take it out if, if I shouldn't be sharing this, but uh, one of the Palace backroom staff told me a, a story that uh, when Speroni's confidence was low you know he had that tricky start to the 0405 season and Kirai ended up because Speroni was was first choice and Kirai, Kirai actually um came in to re- replace Jules because he it had a it had a tricky start and so I know that the Palace backroom staff put together a video of um some of the greatest they said to Julian we put this video together of some of the greatest goalkeepers and some of the greatest saves of all time and, and we want you to watch this and we think this will inspire you and they, they gave Spironi the tape and he watched the tape and it wasn't a compendium of the greatest goalkeepers of all time oh, it no. was it was a no it was really beautiful it was a compendium of Jules's greatest ever saves amazing yeah and a, a, his reaction he was I know he was really moved by that and he and I, and I know it really it really helped him but to me, that that story is so that is so Palace that you know it, it, there's a big heart at the centre of it. It's done with such good intentions. I'm not saying that video is the reason that Speroni became the the legend that he is, but um, I, I, I do feel it was uh, a very warm part of his his journey with Palace. If Palace can put that out as a DVD, time for Christmas, I think it would sell. I think it would do pretty well. Not too late. If Palace could get that in time for Christmas, mate, that that would we'd be able to sign Messi that it, it would sell that many copies. Um, now, so someone someone has uh, written in here. P- piercing dot sound. Hi, piercing dot sound. <laughs> I've got a feeling that's not his real name. No. Um, why couldn't we start that game like we finished it? I mean, to be honest with you, if I knew the answer to that question, I would be a I'd be a very rich man. But I mean, but I mean, there is there is some truth in that, isn't there? Well, it's, it's, it is well documented on the pod now that. Roy's mantra is just stay in the game. Just stay in the game. Never go more than a goal down. And if, if you do, then then shore it up even more. Just stay in the game until there's 15, 20 minutes worth. When he makes his subs, he does it to affect the game having stayed in it. So you saw what he did with Mayer there. He brought on Mayer to just 
think Kiate was injured, so that did force it a little. Hopefully, not too bad. I haven't heard how bad yeah, that injury yeah, is, yeah. but another injury. <laughs> uh, Mayer did really well. Just I think he got more praise for his cameo last night than he has in any other game for us. It linked up well with Wilf and just really helped us pursue Brighton for, for the equaliser and just to, to some success. But it is all comes down to, to Roy's approach. It's just make sure you're never out of the game too early. That's why you don't see us do what Eddie Howe does and lose, go 3-0 down at half-time somewhere. Like, like They do concede so many goals, especially away from home. Mate, it just doesn't happen under a Roy. I'm, I'm mentally applauding this. Yeah. Cause this but to me, this is, this is the... The, the genius of, of of Hodgson he knows mm. he knows exactly what he's doing I, I sound I, I sound like the biggest company man ever I sound like <laughs> Steve pa- I, sound, I found Steve Parrish this morning I've gone Steve don't you worry I've got Roy's back on this one <laughs> but this is why this to me is the genius of Roy it's all well and good lots of fans baying for this manager who's going to come in and play this free flowing ticky tacker but the reality is you'll get you're going to get clobbered four 0 you know confidence may drop you're down in the champion I mean you know. I just think we've got. You've got to be realistic, and you know, without getting too, um, getting all uh, well-being on it, you've really got to be grateful for what. <laughs> if you if you were to actually write down things to be grateful for with Hodgson, <laughs> the, I mean, the, I, I I just think what he continues to do, he, I, I really don't think. It, I I only think he's. It, I hope I hope this doesn't prove the case. He he will. There's a there's a danger that he will only get the credit once he's gone. Yeah, I think he's. Um... It's just such a safe pair of hands, and all those it's other, more all than other, that, all those I other think. cliches. It's just uh, I don't know who could come in and hit the ground running. No, in, not in honestly. The way that, in the way they would have to to no keep, to keep gonna, us up. No one is gonna. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I think you know. Let's say I'm you know in a parallel universe. Ancelotti's not going to come in and do a better job than Hodgson. We're not you know. As much as I want to win the Premier League, we're, we're probably not. <laughs> when I put my neck on the line and say we're probably not going to win the Premier League. Um, <laughs> I, I think we, what Hodgson does week in week out with what he's got um, is you, you may disagree, but I, I just think it is astonishing. So another another um, message here, Peter Cowlin. Hi Peter. Hello Peter. That's my dad's name. What was the issue? Tactics or team performance? Now Peter editorialises here, which is, which is lovely, by going in brackets. For me, the tactics meant we never got near. What do you think there? I think Brighton were just on top form. I think we just, they almost played the way that I've seen us yeah, try and play sure. or play almost to that level against the likes of Norwich this season um, and Bournemouth a little bit under, you know, just stringing it about. I think it's we just couldn't really match where they were at with it, I think. And you've got to put it down to our, our patched up team. It's a combination of those. We weren't at the races because we were really just... A bit of a motley crew, <laughs> but then this is the thing: if you're going to, pa- it doesn't matter yeah. who you are. If you're going to patch a team together, there's no fluidity. They don't know each other, in t- maybe off the pitch, but because because they're not used to playing with each other, so that, that you've got none of that rapport. I mean, you're you're asking a heck of a lot, and I, I and again, I just think we've got to be realistic. And again, I sound like I work for the PR department, <laughs> but because you've got a because you've got a team there that's cobbled together. I just think that I think I think that's the reason why we weren't quite at the races. It was good to see Benteke get a start, first start in a while, um, and I, it was kind of needed. You've seen that again. The size of the Brighton team sort of suggested that you'd need that presence, so it was good. And he played pretty well, Benteke. He um, affected the game. He had a good shot. He hit the hit the post with an amazing cross in the first half. Yeah. So um, or second half. 
So it was, and he played in a full 90. He was really good to see Benteke play. AU, slightly out of position on a sort of side forward role, but he was busy and was trying to plough through and connecting up with Wilf and Benteke quite well. So that was a positive, just seeing Benteke get a good shift and he still, he still hasn't got the, the sort of touch of luck that he needs or his positioning isn't amazing in the in the mixer. But he was he was good at linking it together, Benteke. Um, Tompkins was also amazing last night, especially as the game went on. He almost could have gotten the end of a header on a on the end of a cross from a corner as well. Tompkins is so good looking. <laughs> Whenever I watched, I just wish I look, I, I wish I looked like Tompkins so much. I've told my wife this. I'm very happy to say this on the podcast. He looks like a war hero, doesn't he? Oh my! He looks he looks like the man of my dreams. He does look like a war hero. I imagine him walking over a hill. He's he's come back. He'd been missing since 1943, and. Uh, yeah, if if he said, James, would you leave your wife and kids and we'll start a new adventure together? I think I think my family would absolutely understand. Um, well, now this isn't a question that's being sent in, but but in light of Wilf's goal, um, I'm just, I know you've been asked this before. Is is he Palace's best ever player? I think he's our most gifted and talented player, um, but I think. He's just not for me. He's just not a natural striker. I mean, yeah. last night is the sort of finishing that we should have been seeing for the last several years. Yeah, uh, We've all too often seen them be ballooned over. I think it was against Liverpool. We yeah. had a chance to equalise. Uh, not too different position to that, and it went into Rosette, right? So until he stops doing the, the uh, stops doing that and starts doing more what he did last night, take his chance, even if it gets... We had one shot last night from what I can remember, yeah, yeah. and took it. But that's the level which he needs to get to in order to, to kind of be the sort of multi-million pound player that he's being touted as so I I, I, I agree yeah. I, I really do otherwise he's, he's, he can't be compared to the prolific goal scorers that we've had in our history he's, we can't compare he is the most gifted though that's that's the way I would absolutely kind of him. who's your who's your <laughs> who's your favourite ever player righty yeah go on well I remember being I interviewed Wrighty on a on a so I host a sorry I, I'm shameless self promotion I host a podcast called the Balance Podcast and I had Ian Wright on an episode and to tell to look at to look someone in the I'm not going to cry here I cried on the podcast a few <laughs> times but to tell someone what they mean to me not just for what he did on the pitch but for what for for what he means to me as a, as a person um, I've such love for that for that guy I was nine years old when I went to my first game. 1987 or 88 I can't it's remember the fire in the belly isn't it and give me some of that that first season I was there I remember when the players were warming up on the pitch at that point it was very ad hoc before mm, the match yeah and sometimes you just got there super early <laughs> for no given reason with my dad's friend yeah and Wrighty and Brighty I think were just passing it just to each other and just uh, just called them over for uh, I had one of those autograph books you get from the club it truly really was a different time yeah. <laughs> I just called them over and he came and signed it for me, and I Ratsy had a little chat, and I remember him saying, he asked me what my name was and wrote down, and he said, I'm going to score a goal for you today, and ran off back, to, and he did. He did score joking? a goal that day. No. Have you told this story before? I think I have, but... It's, Mate, uh, this is... I, I mean, yeah. That gets another one of those. <laughs> so you... Hang on a second. You yeah. should over one of the most iconic players mm. in the history of the game. Because you could, then. He, he, he duly came over, yeah. asked your name, signed a... Yeah. Signed it, told you, mate. This is. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to steal this as my as my own childhood. That's I've never, beautiful. I've never met Wrighty in in adulthood, but I would remind him of that. I'm doubt, I doubt you would ever remember that. But um, 
Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that secured it for me. <laughs> that laid the foundation for uh, idolizing Wrighty until further notice. I'll share it. I'll, <laughs> I'll share. Uh, he told me a story because obviously, you know, every Palace fan knows Ian Wright's journey to becoming a professional footballer. If he was American, hands down, they would have made a, a biopic of his mm. life. No question. To achieve what he achieved, given his. Oh God, I'm going to cry again. Given his upbringing, given he was late to the game, work, you know, working as a uh, as a builder, and then at age 26 gets the England call up. He said he walked into the uh, changing room, hanging up. Eight, nine, ten. Have you heard this? No. Number eight, Paul Gascoigne. Number ten, Gary Lineker. Number nine, Ian Wright. And he looked up and saw the shirt and he said he was about to, like I am now, <laughs> he's about to <laughs> fully burst into tears and put and Ga- Paul Gascoigne clocked this and went, oh, right, he's going to cry, <laughs> right? <laughs> Amazing. And I think, I think Ian Wright was grateful that he did that because it stopped him from, <laughs> <laughs> it, stopped, it stopped him from doing the thing that he was definitely going to yeah, do. Brilliant. Um, but his, his life story is, you know, if you have a if you, if you have a scintilla of romance about you, his life story is irresistible. It's brilliant. I think he's, he just keeps going. He's sort of doing all these sort of strange and wonderful things you wouldn't expect him to do in the media now. I mean, some of it's obviously a bit a bit naff, but he's uh, his star is bright. He's very well regarded. You know, as well. Oh, I, I, yeah. yeah. I, 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 adore it. I'm ne- I'm nearly bursting into a song here. <laughs> so so so. Um, I mean, I think we've covered this. This is from uh, Jack Mark ninety five. All right, Jack Mark. So you spell that Jack M K ninety five. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to look him up. Time to give t- uh, Tarek Mitchell a shot in the first team. I guess we've, I guess we've covered that already, haven't we? In our, in our intro waffle. Is there anything else you'd like to say about that? No, I think we did cover it. I think it was, it was just, it just felt close. It feels close that he might get his chance with Schlupp and PVA out. Gyro struggling. MacArthur does what he does best in the middle, not at left back. So let's see what happens on Boxing Day. Isn't Sloppy wonderful? Yeah, Miss Sloppy. He's, I love Sloppy. Uh, he's he's just got that. He's got great drive. You know, he's just for him to be left back in in a team of ten yeah. men and do what he did the other week and then get injured. It's a real shame. One thing with Sloppy that I love, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, is I think it was the West Ham game, in the post match interview, and he was talking from the heart and was talking about how ple- pleased he was with his own... You may have seen this. He, he, he was doing what any any fan would do and talking passionately and positively about themselves and it was only at the end when he caught himself and he went, oh, uh, and a great result for the team. But, <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. You know, Shoppy to me is a man who... Uh, he really loves being a footballer, and he really loves uh, when things go well. And I and I love any footballer who isn't media trained within an inch of their life, and anyone who comes out and isn't just saying the usual, it's three points and it's all about the tip. And, and it was just nice to see someone say something a little differently. He's already got his Premier League winners medal, right? He's probably knows that he's peaked in his career. He's just enjoying enjoying the game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was I always think. I don't know. I mean, yeah, all right, fair enough. But I always think of, say, you know, Gordon Strachan would have, I imagine part of him must have thought that he'd peaked with Aberdeen and then Man United. But then to go to Leeds and experience, in you know, in my opinion, the, the, the greatest 
part of his career. So I always think, I always think Palace have got a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I always he's gone there. See what I mean about about positive? <laughs> but I always passionately, firmly believe that Palace have got a trophy in, in them. So I, I, I do, I do think that Schluppy perhaps thinks I've got that. I've got that. Lead. I know what it's like to to win. And I think when you've got a winner in the team like that, you know, with with uh, Kale as well, I think it's psychologically what they bring to a squad, and I, I, there's something contagious about that. So if if that can rub off on Palace and we cut to us winning whatever cup that might be, um, I I don't think Schluppy, baby, your your journey in terms of winning trophies, it's not over yet. Um, <laughs> I think he's also another um, favourite of Roy's. I think he does yeah. what he does what he's instructed to do. Uh, and he make tries to tries to affect the game, tries to make things count, but you know without without throwing too much to the to the to the wind. So he's he's also a, a reliable um, asset for Roy. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Uh, so part two, this is uh, the athletic. So I, I can say this: I, I've I've signed up to the athletic. I, I got a deal on uh, Cyber Week, so uh, th- this is an easy sell for me. I love the athletic. I think it's fantastic. If you're a football fan or a sports fan, absolutely get involved. You've got a world class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They are a subscription based app and website, and they are completely ad free. No ads, no annoying pop ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. Visit theathletic.co.uk slash FYP to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. It's just £2.50 a month. It's a bargain, guys. Uh, And so this latest article from The Athletic, the home of football, I added that myself. Um, Benteke comes to life after Zaha Stunner, but Palace still miss a striker in mould of the man who, quote, scored against Brighton all night. This perhaps was an opportunity to etch his name into Palace history with a match-winning performance against arch-rivals. This game meant more to most fans than any other will this season, particularly given the galling way Palace fell to defeat in both fixtures last term. I still get PTSD about that. It didn't happen, however. He looked a little like the old Benteke when he gained confidence towards the end of the game, working well with IU, whose own fortunes in front of goal so far this season have improved. They have, absolutely. Um, but finding a prolific goal scorer has not come easy to Palace over the years. Johnson and Murray are the two who spring immediately to mind, and Mitchie Batshuayi did well on loan, but they need someone for the longer term. Friedman and Clinton Morrison both netted more than 100 times for the club and are rightly held in high regard. But those goals came predominantly outside the top flight. So, question here from Total Tech Soccer off the back of that. Having Benteke in changes our style. Why not just keep Ayu up front and find a, a CM to play left wing? What, find a central midfielder to play left wing? Another question, Colin O'Donoghue. Has Benteke given Roy a headache now? Best game in a long while tonight. So what are your thoughts there with, uh, with the, the great man Benteke? I thought you were going to say the great man Glenn Murray then. <laughs> 
So I saw Muzzle on the bench last night and uh, stood in my new position by the tunnel. have sacrificed my amazing view in the homestyle of 11 yeah. years, as I mentioned earlier. because you're a good dad. Yeah, done it for the done it for the family. But <laughs> what I've sacrificed in my amazing view, gained in heckling opportunity. So uh, <laughs> as Muzzle walked towards the tunnel, um, I said, have a day off, Glenn. And uh, he liked that. He gave me a little grin. So uh, thankfully he did have a day off because... Thank God. Um, he, we did call him Agent Murray at one point, but uh, he's, he's double Agent Murray. Yeah. Uh, he's ruthless. Oh, yeah. And as we remember last year, that amazing finish. Yeah. That he, the wind, I think, sailed the ball over Dan's head. Yeah. Which I was worried about last night. It's the same centre-backs yeah. as last year. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why Potter didn't click that Murray, <laughs> Murray can do that against Dan and Tompkins and put them in a, in a muddle. I'm amazed he didn't give Glenn a little go when they needed a winner. Um, let's think, be grateful that he didn't. Uh, let's be grateful. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think we've mentioned it a little bit already about Benteke. He's, um, he's, he's faded in such a big way, it's, but, he's, but he's held in such high regard by the Palace fans. We, you imagine the abuse and that he might get at another yeah another club, club and how he, he he would be written off to the point of no return a lot, in a lot of other situations but we've I think we know that he's popular he's got a good rapport with Wilf and I, I, I also think with Benteke that he there, there have been I'm not going to name names but there have been strikers at Palace whose attitude hasn't been great and they've not put themselves about and when the goals haven't come because they've had that air of perhaps not giving everything there has been a bit of a backlash I once witnessed someone go up to a, a, a struggling Palace striker in the car park after a game and Say something mm. deeply unpleasant, but I, th- I do think with Ben Teke, there's such goodwill because nobody wants Ben now. Nobody wants Ben Teke to score more than the Palace fans. However, there is one person who wants to score, who wants Ben Teke to score even more than the Palace fans, and that is Ben Teke. You can tell that the guy he massively cares, doesn't he? He really, he really wants to do well for Palace. Yeah, he came on against Liverpool, and his first touch was an overhead kick. And it just felt like it was, you know, felt yeah. like he was going in. And he's last night he, that cross shot, which I think he tried to get in as well later on. Um, he just feels so close. I just, I just worry that he's we, the season he scored seventeen goals. We've talked about this before because it's just well, we've got to go on with Benteke. But uh, that year he was on pens, so let's strike four, five or six of those off yep. a season. Um, and then we were just playing to his strengths. Like he scored amazing headers off the back of. Townsend deliveries and I think Townsend still tries that here and there but Benteke's not always on the pitch for the full match so they're, they're a little few and far between and they're just they're, he's not getting the power behind them or the accuracy so he's just not playing with the same um, sort of methods or the same kind of he hasn't got spot kicks for example um, in the season where he did really well with us I would love to know and I think I said this last time I was on the pod but it's got to be you know Palace. I, I wonder. I wonder if they've invested in a a life coach for you know somewhat like mm. a, a McKenna. Genuinely, it sounds like I'm taking the Mickey. I'm absolutely not. Is it not worth? Um, is it not worth having a one-on-one session with a with a Paul McKenna? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I I don't mean to cluck yeah. like a chicken whenever he hears the the word you know Lambard or whatever. But I, I genuinely mean it to bring that that Liverpool form back. That that, that that Villa form back. I should say we're in. We're in pursuit of the Benteki Whisperer. The Benteki Whisperer? Yeah, which was, uh, I think, Doc Brown's phrase about Batshuayi. Yeah. Um, it's sort of 
Belgian teammate. So, yeah, it's I don't know what it takes. We've we seems like everything must have been tried for for him to still be at the club. Uh, we still got faith in him in some level. A new contract this year. Um, now the new contract. Can you can you please explain to the listener? <laughs> the, but the idea there, genuinely. But the idea was that if we if he didn't sign with us, that we'd lose him for nothing. Is that was that the? It's got to be protecting the asset yeah, value. But sure. to what realistic degree? I don't know what you know what what are people buying when they, when they buy Venteke, They're buying a seriously out of form striker, unrecognisable from four or five years ago. So. He's such an unknown quantity to another team. Maybe another he would click in another setup. But I do. I I, (laughs) again, Mister Positive, because because of the Brighton game, I I will. I'm prepared to put my one pound each way on Benteke, first goal scorer next game. (laughs) Benteke would score double figures for Burnley. You put him in the Burnley team right now. You look at because of the way they serve. Look at the Chris Woods goals. Chris Woods, yeah, yeah. or um, Sam Vokes. Like that's he would he would completely. Are we asking? Are we asking the square peg to play in the round hole? Do you think? Just, because of how we play these well, that's days. That's why Klopp got rid of him. Klopp wasn't going to play the way that, yeah. that Begintecki needs to be serviced. Uh, so visit theathletic.co.uk/fyp to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. It's just two pound fifty a month. What I would say as well, they've got, they do have. There's loads of stuff on there. A lot of their writers will do Q and A sessions. I'm a Palace fan, but even I will dip in with a Q&A session with with, uh, with other clubs. I just find it genuinely interesting. I, I, I'm not being paid by The Athletic to say that. I, I think it's really good. Okay, part three, questions. Wilf. Rocco Seepel. What do we do if Wilf leaves and can't drag us through games? At Holmesdale 16, my God, sell Wilf, we riot. Please, for the love of God, this is me speaking out, do not riot if we sell Wilf. Um, I mean, I'm, I just, I'm sort of resigned to the fact that, yeah, he probably will go in January. And we, you know, that's that. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, there's obviously a lot of conjecture now that Chelsea can... Uh, be active again in the transfer window, yes. so that's the of most realistic concern. I mean, there was a lot of pre-season hype about Arsenal, and but I feel like their budget went to this Pepe. Yep. And you can't see Arsenal being an attractive proposition for anyone looking for Champions League football right now. So, I, well, and also, I just because Arsenal need to also get their own house in order. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> Cut to Wilf at the at the Emirates shaking hands with a, a new shirt. <laughs> but I would be, I'd be. Oh, that shows me. But I would be surprised that 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 the Arsenal thing would ha- would happen. I would too. I mean, even though I think it is his kind of uh, yeah, the club he supports. Um, if, by the way, if I had to put the last five of my, I, I don't even gamble. I don't. Know why I keep bringing it back to gambling. But if I had to put the metaphorically speaking, the the last five in my wallet on him staying or leaving. While I say, I, I guess what I mean is, if he left, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. But I still, I still, I don't think he will leave. If he did, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't think he'll go in January. Well, no, because if if rumours are to be believed, then Townsend is out for a, a good while. Yeah. So we can't be losing. We can't take those two threats out of our team in one go with uh, misfiring strikers. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just there wouldn't be any sense in it. I don't. I feel like there's money available from. That AWB transfer, so it's not like we need to sell wealth to buy anyone, really. I think we can make it happen. It's got to be a summer thing, you'd have thought. 
Uh, January spending. This is from English Stan. After Roy's comments and his post-match presser, presser, are the Americans and not Parish to blame for the recent Tory-style austerity measures in the transfer market? <laughs> Who said that? English Stan. <laughs> <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> nice, um, nicely put, English Stan. Yeah. Um, Ed, so this is hot off what Roy said in his presser last night. Did you just catch that? Roy called out the, the Americans a little bit. How, how did he word it? I didn't see it. I just saw someone paraphrase it on Twitter, I think. It was basically him saying the Americans need to open the purse strings and because of the injury crisis, because January's coming. Uh, that's as, as much as I understand it. I, think they, I mean, I think they will, though, won't they? So there's some sort of loan we've taken out against the AWB uh, funds, which suggests we have 20-ish million spec'd for signings, if it's is all to be believed. So let's see. I mean, we, we can't carry on like this with we should have entered the season with another striker having let Sorlock go and being there's a vacancy there I think the investors know even from a business you know a cold hard business point of view that if you don't invest you are you, you could be in trouble you need to protect the investment and yeah. even though and that's despite us getting a great tally on the board already so yeah it's hot topic. I'm always optimistic yeah. <laughs> it's hot topic just based on what Roy said last night he rarely Rarely mentions things like that. He usually the great thing about quite, Roy is that because yeah. he doesn't sound off every every match, is yes. that when he when he does make a comment, you know he really means it, mm. um, and his words have real weight. He's not he's not one of these, he's not one of these hysterical managers who's over emotional. And so when I mean that that is the equivalent of Roy going off on a Gary Monk, isn't it? Really, yeah. One very measured <laughs> comment is, is is that's like Roy shouting, you yeah. know. Um, I, I think they'll, 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 I think they'll that. Jimmy Mack from Paul HS. Jimmy Mack, best left back since Dean Gordon? Question mark. <laughs> mm, no, I mean, it's it's it was needs must last night, and uh, I hope not to see Jimmy Mack at left back ever again. <laughs> Jimmy Mack is what isn't he wonderful though? Love Jimmy Mack. He's uh, he's been underrated as well. I think. But this, again, there's love for Jimmy Mack, isn't there? Yeah, he's just he's just solid, right? He's just he makes things happen. He connects the he connects play really well. Um, he's just he's just great. And I think there's been I think when Kabai left, he players like him and Luca struggled a bit. They just they really worked really well with Luca, um, Kabai, and Jimmy Mack. Those three together were great, and I think they they sort of became a little bit more stretched without Kabai there. Jimmy Mack's our Javi, isn't he? I don't know if his passing's that great, but he's the English, he's the Scottish, he's Scottrates. <laughs> he's like the Scottish uh, Xavier, something like that. Um, I love that. One more time, Scottrates. Let's call him Scottrates from now on. Beautiful. <laughs> if, but tell you what, if you, if you can think of any Jimmy Mack slash Scottish play on words with, yes. with all-time world greats, please feel free to send them in. I think that's a great shout. That's it. That, I'm, I'm well up for that. JD's going to give a t-shirt to the uh, to the winning submission. So I've, I've got. So you've gone with Scott Trates. I'll go with McJavy. McJavy. <laughs> Take your. Knock, I'll tell you what, guys. Knock yourselves out. <laughs> I, I do. I have such a fondness for that sort of player. You know, just what I mean by that is the the one that works his nollies off and doesn't always get the credit he deserves. You know, uh, real arty in that. In that 03-04. Michael, I mean, to be fair, that, that engine room of real RT Michael Hughes in 0304, that yeah. sort of player, you know, that yeah. when the ref blows the full-time whistle, Billy, like Billy Bremner back in the 60s, you know those guys have given absolutely yeah. 
every scintilla. He's one of those. Uh, subs from Nathan D. Teodoro. Has Roy firmly, f- finally learned to substitute positively? Love from Melbourne. God bless you, uh, Australia. Thanks, lads. He was forced into it. I was going to say, it's what needs monster game, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Um, oh, brutal from Stephen Sheffield on Luca. Anybody seen Luca? Question mark. That's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, he, he did seem to get the run around a little bit last night. He was a little. I think Moy was picking the ball up in the middle, uncontested. A couple of scary moments there. But what that man has done for this, I'm going full Keegan. When you say something like that about a man like Stuart <laughs> Pierce, but uh, what Luca has done for Crystal Palace and what he means to that team and that club, am I am I being too optimistic? Am I being too positive again here with Luca with his form? I, just, I think like um, central midfield combination isn't quite. Established. We've got McCarthy waiting in the wings. Yep. Did a good shift last night. Yep. MacArthur getting pulled into being a utility player in the absence of our recognised utility players like Schlupp. Um, Luca, you've got um, Kiate, Mayer and Camarasa. We've got so many midfielders, it's really hard to pick which three are really going to be the best solution for us. It's, it's an unknown constant. I think it's going to be like that to the end of the season. It's just going to be a constant question about what our best midfield three are. May I just say I'm 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 41 years old. This podcast, the two of us, this is the this is probably the, my wife will back me up on this. This is the best I've ever gotten with anyone in my life. <laughs> this has like been the most positive life affirming experience I can remember. Oh, thanks very much. This, mate, Likewise. This, is, this has been. I'm 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 removing my wedding ring while you're talking. <laughs> um, so we, as we near the end here, left wing. This is from PC Wires. Here's an interesting observation. I, I mean, the arrogance of that comment to see he's teed himself up. <laughs> Brilliant. That's like when someone goes, I've got a really funny story for you. Yeah, I'll be the judge of that. Thanks, mate. Uh, here's an interesting observation. Most of our goals seem to be coming from the left wing at the moment. Not just Will... Sorry for saying you're arrogant. I didn't mean that PC-wise. I'm sure you're lovely. We'll go for a coffee. Not just Will tonight, but PVA, Schlupp and IU have all turned up with goals from that side of the goal. I mean, to be fair, it is an interesting point. He's got me here. Is this a concern given the lack of creativity on the right and the recent injuries to PVA and Schlupp? Oh, you know what? I apologise because he's crediting someone else at the end. What a twist! Like the sixth sense, and he's put credit to Liez for suggesting this. Yeah, I mean that's it, that, it's uncanny. Yeah, Liez, because I had the same thought. Did you really? Yeah, it, I've, written, I've written them down here. I've got what? loads of goals from the left hand side. I've got Schlupp versus Bournemouth, AU versus Villa, Wilf last night v Brighton, Townsend versus Norwich came from yeah, it originated on the left, Zaha versus Liverpool. So there were five goals at home this season have all come from all that come left from hand side. For me, maybe not a coincidence that Zaha's playing in his recognised natural position sure. this season. Um, but then it's that's at home. You think about Burnley away, we won two 0 Zaha and Schlapp's goals both came from the left hand side there as well. So uh, finally, next manager. This is from Andrew Adams. Should our manager be a Graham Potter type manager next? Gets teams playing good football and recruits well. Andrew Adams, this is for you. I'm speaking from my heart. Absolutely not. If I could, if I had a staple gun, I would staple Roy's shoes into the Crystal Palace dugout. He's never allowed to leave. He has to be. We'll go back to cryogenically frozen, a la Walt Disney. Um, I would, if there was a way of having Roy as our manager forever, I absolutely would. So I, I personally. Jesse may disagree. I I think that I would be terrified at... um, I haven't always thought this, but I've I've put so much thought into this. 
I'd be terrified at risking a Graham Potter-type manager. Given what this club has been through, given given administration, given relegation, given Friedman at Stockport, given the, the, the torture that, that can be being a Palace fan, let's really enjoy um, some safety. There's no room for Potter. We've got our wizards already. We've got... Oh, mate, got will right. you please <laughs> just... Wow. We've got Dumbledore in <laughs> Royal. Oh, hang on a minute. Get some water. He's on fire. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, all gags aside, no, not not right now. I mean, I, I mean, also, I think... I, I think that Roy will be Palace manager for as long as Roy wants to be Palace yeah, manager. I think it's just, it's a it's ready for whenever he wants to move aside or move or, or go above whatever you want to call it. I don't think you know he's, he, it's his hometown club. It feels like he's not going to up sticks to go anywhere crazy or lucrative. I wouldn't have thought. Look what's happened with us with managers as well. Mm. This past well <laughs> entire club. I was going to say the past few years, <laughs> ten years, it's, it's, years. Probably, it's probably more like it is probably yeah. more like twenty. Really, yeah. you know, since I mean since. Coppel, I, I guess, yeah. um, which iteration of Coppel, I mean, that, that's, I guess that makes the point. But Palace with managers, it obviously has been a revolving door. And if this is a period of stability, I would personally bring on the stability. I, I, wonder, if we, I wonder if we've all got addicted to the danger and we got addicted to the topsy-turvy nature of being a Palace fan. And now that there is, you know, if, if, you, if you've been in lots of tumultuous relationships and then all of a sudden you, you, you're married to someone who's lovely and, and, and it's enjoyable, you might look back on the tumultuous relationships as being fun and wild and exotic, but you're forgetting the trauma that came with it. And so I'm very happily married to, to Roy, I, m- I must say. Yeah, we'll stick with Roy. We'll stick. When there'll be no twisting for the foreseeable future, eh? <laughs> uh, well, mate, uh, I... I I cannot thank you. Oh, no, we've not done Newcastle. We'll have to do this very, very quickly. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Um, right then, Newcastle. Who plays left back versus Newcastle? Um, Gary Borodale. It's a tricky one, this, because Newcastle are a tough prospect, especially at St James's Park this year, which has caught everyone by surprise. I think even Steve Bruce. Yeah. They've been really relentless. And uh, I think Shelby, Harry Potter's looking for you. I heard that chant earlier. That's pretty brutal, isn't it? Yeah, he's. Um, He's been great. Scored three and three or something. Yeah. So they're they're really guys a top player playing them at the wrong time basically, especially with us being decimated. So I don't. I think it's going to be a tough one. I think this is where we've what four games unbeaten, three clean sheets. I think this is going to real really test that good run we've had. What would be a good result up there? A draw immediately. Immediately take a draw. Predict a score. Uh, One one with the uh, Benteki finally getting on the score sheet. I'm going to predict. This is heart, not head. Story of my life. 1-0 win, Benteke. That'd be great, wouldn't it? 
only one nil Milivojevic this year, really, have we? I mean, I'd take it. I mean, I'd yeah. take literally anything. I think it's going to be a tough, tough prospect because Newcastle are just really singing. They're doing so well. But yeah, I think I don't know if we'll see Mitchell at left back. I don't. I just can't see Roy throwing him in. I think it, it'd be a home game if anything. Maybe West Ham. We'll, if we're still struggling for left back against West Ham Boxing Day, I think we could see Mitchell then. When um, when Palace are away and they haven't got a result, and let's say it's a, it's miles away, do you know who the current Palace player is who will still speak to the local press? Who's that? No, I, no, I'm, oh. I'm 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 opening that up. <laughs> if anyone knows, because when I was when I was the advertiser man. And Popovich did this up away at Newcastle. I think we, I think we drew. I think we drew oh four oh five. Popper was just such a wonderful guy because I think he. he... Adam Sales has turned up. He can absolutely <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, you can carry on with Adam if you want. I've got a wife and two kids. I'm going to I'm going to go home and see my family. So, dear listener, as you know there, Jesse Boyce and myself, we, we tried to be, in terms of a double act, uh, Danny Butterfield and Sean Derry, to, you know, two close pals on and off the pitch because other people couldn't make it to the podcast. We, we, we made it work as, uh, as a double act. Adam Sells turns up like super sub from nowhere, um, but it's we've, we've been doing the podcast for more than an hour, and, and so... Boise and I were about to go home, but because Selzy's just got here, I wouldn't sleep at night if we didn't do something with <laughs> with Selzy. Um, Selzy and I have have history, um, very warm history, I hope. But because when I when I covered Palace, o two to o five, I was the most positive. I wasn't just glass half full, glass half empty. I was very thankful to have a glass in the first place. And so what would happen is my, my average marking of the team was. Nine out of ten, week in week out in the advertiser, they could have lost five nil at weekend. I'd still be like, oh, there's lots of positives to take. <laughs> I think Salesy would think, what's he doing this lad? Um, but that's you know that's that's a healthy thing. So, but with with Newcastle, what would you take up there, Salesy? Well, I'd say to you, sort of looking at this run of fixtures that we had, um, pretty much from sort of Burnley onwards, you. You're hoping we can take points out of all of the games, but yep. you know, last night I said on the post-match pod with uh, Rob that you know these are the games you look to win against anyone outside of the big six at home. You're sort of hoping, but as it turned out, we were very grateful to end up with mm. the with the point at the end, and you know, with the injuries that are piled up and Mamadou Sacco still out, I think it's going to be another. Another difficult uh, or tall order, if you like, in order to get something from the game. But um, it'd be interesting to see what Roy does, really, because the left back situation now he's lost Gyro Riedervald. If he doesn't make it for Saturday, then you know what does he do? Does he coming does off he the give, Palace, a, give a, Roy give, Hodgson give, give a, a debut to uh, to? Uh, Tyrick Mitchell at left back and and really sort of take a chance on a young lad who's shown a lot of promise but is literally untried at any first team level league cup or or anything. It's a big ask, isn't it? It is, but I think so it was with Aaron Wambisaka as well. But that's so. the thing we, we we all we Palace fans we look we obviously 
Palace, I would say more than a lot of clubs, because we have such a rich history of, of blooding these kids and these kids turning out to be absolute superstars. But I, I also do think that we don't want to put too much pressure on a young lad because we all have such fond memories. I mean, literally take your pick of any, you know, you know Ben Watson springs to mind. We don't want to. We don't want to put too much pressure on the lad and assume he's going to be a, a world superstar, do we? No, but he he is somebody who I think has been sort of earmarked as as a player of potential. Yeah, I mean, um, and he's, just... he's an orthodox player for the position. So you can you could understand last night. It's the, the derby game against Brighton. It's half time. Perhaps that might be a bit of a step in terms of the manager thinking don't even know if I want to do it to the kid, really, you know, just in case it didn't work out and the, you do the more damage good, it, it might do, yeah. So And Brighton's dander was up at that time as well, you know. It probably wasn't the right... No, but he's now got a few days to work with him in his in his units and and, um, and see if perhaps that might be something that he would do because it's, uh, it's going to be tricky otherwise to find a, a really good solution. Three players that could play left back no longer able to do so through um through injury so uh, can, can, we, can we just look very quickly i mean i can't think of, i can't think of many teams that have had such an amazing uh, relationship with the youth so i, I mentioned ben watson wambisaka who who else has there been this past this past few years of well these? we did we did something with gary the other week actually Jim and I. I used to speak with Gary and every week. Uh, since Gary's been here, which yeah. has been 15, 16 years, we've had 34 players playing Crystal Palace's first team. And I was with him for, obviously, a good stretch of that. So we had... Was it was he a Dowie appointment? Yeah. He was, wasn't Ian he? Ian and Bob, yeah. yeah. So, um, and he, you know, he did very, very... Well, he's done very, very well with... Um, you know, getting so many players in, but as we said before, you know the mother, in, uh, the the sort of necessity is the mother of invention, really, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And, and that a could lot be you know, and a lot of the time, you know, in the time that Neil Warnock particularly when he was there and resources were very tight, you know, he would be coming to Gary saying, you know, who have we got that can play wide Shopping right list. on Saturday? <laughs> have you got anyone? And he'd go, yeah, I've got a decent player here who sure. can. And so it was. And so it's much harder, obviously, now with the Premier League for a young lad to come through. And, you know, I, I read sometimes a lot of criticism of of Roy, you know, saying, oh, play this youngster, play that youngster. Uh, and people say, well, I don't know if they're any good. You know, we won't know if they're any good unless you play them. Yeah. Now, that's a fair argument, but when your job's on the line, do you take risks like that? Generally speaking, Absolutely. I'd say, yeah. you know, that's a pretty yeah. hard thing to do, you know, to say, yeah, I'm just going to pluck this kid who's never played anywhere near the level before. And I mean, in Aaron's case, he hadn't even had a loan outside. Mm. Um, and say, yeah, here we go, you know, give him a game and let's see what happens. Because if we lose 4-0 and he doesn't do well and it damages morale and all that sort of stuff... All of it plays a part on on whatever you know, whoever the young lad may be. So There's examples a, of kids who never, a big, never play a big, again. Yeah, it's a big step. Yeah, yeah, there are lots of. I mean, I have to say, in the time that that I was involved, there were one or two lads who played in our first team who perhaps I would never absolutely have expected to, you yeah. know, because of that. And some of them 
one I can think of, I won't name him. Sure. But one I can think of actually did a hell of a lot better than I ever imagined and managed to make a, a sort of handful of appearances. But I wouldn't have seen that, if I'm honest. And then you get surprised the other way where someone like Louis Graban, who you, who you see and think, yeah, he's a decent player, had pace, could finish, but probably saw him at youth team level as he'll have a good career in football, but probably not, not with us. in the Championship or the Premier League. And he's managed to play in both and the Championship very consistently and score a lot of goals. So with, with Grab, fair play to him, with, do you know? With, with Grabs, is there a sense of... That's what they call him, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Was there a sense of the one that got away there? Because in, in a parallel universe... Is Grabs not banging him in for Palace every week, or is he not quite Premier League? No, I don't think he would necessarily do that. And at the time, but as a probably, kid, he was. Yeah, he was, he was I, mean, I remember a, him yeah, as, a, you know, as a kid. He was goal extraordinary. Yeah. His dad actually was a, a, a Palace player in the late seventies. I think he only played like once. I was a kid growing right. up, and uh, Grabs was a good lad and uh, hard working, and and I'm really chuffed that he's had the career he's had. But I don't think, in all honesty that there's been too many mistakes, really, where you've sort of let people go and thought... You go know, on. But you, but you you always have. You, always, about, you, you always have in these situations. And just before Gary came, in the sort of late 90s, we I was working with Derek Broadley and Murray Jones, Peter Nicholas, just before. So Peter Nicholas was the youth team manager at the time, and we had Stephen Hunt. Sure. Stephen Hunt mm. could barely get a game in Palace's youth team yeah. and ended up playing 150 Premier League games and nearly 40 international caps. So, you know, again, fair play to him for, for doing that. And his sort of honesty and his endeavour really took him there. And I, I think, again, he's one that I would probably have never seen doing as well as he did. But, you know, most of the time you... you People develop at different times, and obviously confidence plays a huge part. You know, I think even now... Did you not think Sean Scannell, another one, were we right to let him go, or do you think we could have given him more of a crack? I think Dougie sort of ran out with patience with him. Do you think so? Yeah, but I mean, he had a not an easy life, Sean, and uh, and he, it, it was difficult, and he he was a talented boy, but I think perhaps turned into a wide player a bit too soon really sure. because I think down the middle he could uh, he could be a threat. We've done a tremendous tangent again from Newcastle away on Saturday. Mate, I'm do- I am Dr Tangent. <laughs> Welcome to the tan- the Crystal Palace Tangent podcast. <laughs> so, well, on the on the Newcastle front, I think you know, be difficult. They they've done quite well under Steve Bruce really, I think considering but they've invested obviously almost annoyingly well. <laughs> yeah, they invested heavily during the summer with Joel Linton and um, uh, Maxima and uh, the uh, the boy they bought last January when Benitez was there, Almiron, who hasn't really started to fire on all cylinders. Touching wood that it doesn't actually uh, happen this weekend. What's but, uh, yeah, it'd be, I think it'll be quite tight, to be honest, and I think we'll need to keep it tight because of the... The, the sort of lack of goals really in the side where I said after the game last night we're not going to go to anywhere I think and sort of absolutely slap anybody very hard and and uh, and come away with a big win but you know Roy's uh, 
set up and, and making us difficult to play against. And as we saw last night, when you got Wilfred Zaha, anything's possible. And last year he was absolutely incredible in the game there. I think it was around April time. We won courtesy of a, a Luka Milivojevic penalty after Wilfred was brought down. And um, he was fantastic that day. And uh, we'll be hoping for the same again this weekend. Tell you what, Selzy, I'm going to ask you a question that I, that uh, Boise and I didn't uh, get to because <laughs> we went on so many tangents. <laughs> uh, ben Hook, should we be concerned by the amount of if I'm honest with you, this is the sort of question that winds me right up. <laughs> Inge- anyway, I'm editorial. I, I can guess. I can guess without being you know here where, for most of it. Going. Most we... of the questions today were about Max Meyer and should he be in the team and should he play? Should and... we be concerned about by the amount of injuries the team seems to be picking up? Is there a problem in the medical room? See, that to me is just laced with passive aggression. Yeah, I, I just mean... think you know, injury. Surely every club. Every club in in every league has problems with injuries. It's funny you you mention it because I saw that uh, I saw that. Um, that's, I just think I said there, that. there was a, there's a show that there's on BT Sport at the moment called Mic'd Up, and they go to various training grounds and follow the manager around for a few days. Yeah, and it was Darren Ferguson this week and uh, Peterborough. And you could see there was a certain amount of trepidation with the medical team having to tell him who was injured and all that sort of stuff because, you know, the manager puts pressure on the medical team all of the time at every football club. Have you ever seen the footage of Guardiola uh, sarcastically clapping the doctor at Bayern Munich? No. It's on YouTube. It's worth a watch. I haven't seen it. It's another side to Guardiola. He turns round, he's like this... Um, I love Guardiola, so I, I, I don't mean this in a in a bad way. But there's like this wicked, sarcastic grin on his face, and he does this. I think someone's got injured. I, I guess someone's got injured. And he sort of, he's, I think he's blaming the doctor. Well, this is this and is the, this, well, this is the problem. This I think, guy you know. being the doctor for years at Bayern Munich, years and years yeah. and years, and I think left. I think off the back of the, the relationship with. I want to be careful. Allegedly, off the relationship with with Guardiola, because these the, the, the team doctors and the, and the medical team are under tremendous pressure at every club, aren't they? And I think it's hard, because if you're yeah. the manager, you you want your players fit, and you want to know when they're going to be fit, and it's not an exact situation. You're, you're estimating, you know, recovery of injury and, and what time it might take, and some players come back quicker than others and, and, and so on, and, and especially younger ones. And it's a... You know, it's a tough job in one sense being part of the medical team because, you know, you're constantly under pressure to make sure everybody's fit and raring to go. And that's, at the moment, if you're uh, Dr Zaff and his team, you're not delivering too much good news to Roy. And uh, his frustration showed last night in terms of his lack of depth after the game with his comments uh, in the press. So what did he say exactly? Well, he he We 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 talked uh, this earlier, but we sort of talked around it. I saw it and... uh, he um, he was asked um, whether he needed to go into the transfer market in January, and uh, and he sort of laughed and said, "Was that a serious question? Yeah. You know, is it to say we need?" And he then said, "We need we needed players in the summer that we didn't get." But do, do, now, what and is... we are we are painfully short. You know, what what's said, what said about Roy earlier is because he's not a Gary Monk esque figure who's who seemingly 
forever getting upset at people. When Roy says something like that, he's a bit like the teacher who never shouted. Yeah, yeah. And then once a term shouted, and yeah. the whole class Everyone went, oh, my God, yeah. uh, he, well, re- I, I, he really I, means this. I thought he was, he was still his gentlemanly... Polite self, absolutely. But that's, that's, that's Roy shouting. He, he certainly it? made his point. Yeah. You know, it was a kind of like, uh, well, this is where we are. You know, we needed these players. We still need these players. Steve's on side. Dougie's on side. We need to get the American owners to release some money and all this sort of stuff. I mean, so Doug, Dougie, all... Dougie and the team are. And I, again, I said earlier, I sound like I work for Palace, but they are really trying and working hard to pull off the right people, aren't they? Mate, Tran- you're talking to are, Team Dougie here. Transfers are very difficult. Yes, you know, and uh, it, there's a lot of stuff that, that often goes into them, and then bizarrely, in the last hours, there's a lot less stuff that goes into them, and suddenly people take a, a few punts and a few risks. That's right. But, but if you look at some of the other teams this season, you know we've. Where we are in the league, having spent, I think Roy's about minus thirty million since he's been in charge. Yeah. Um, you see the money that that some of the other clubs have spent yeah. and spent on players who, you know, I think probably this summer, if you'd have asked one of our fans, would you like Pepe or Moises Keane? I was about or, to say, if you said, or, we got Keane, or, or one of these players, I we think we'd have all said, yeah, yeah, we'll have him. I'd have felt him, like we'd won a competition. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd have ripped your arm yeah. off for, for Keane. Yeah, and so it just shows. And I think, I think, you know, the Everton scenario sort of slightly uh, is a bit of a strange one for me because they seem to do this kind of stuff. And Duncan Ferguson's obviously gone in and done quite well, and he seems more Everton, if you like, than uh, the many. Yet it seems they're going to appoint Ancelotti and go down the sort of, you know, uh, Hollywood managers route again, which uh, is a club I don't really understand because I the, really, I really the, love and respect well, Everton. I do as well. Yeah, but, I but think, when I say that to you. Their expectation is way beyond what it should be, and that's the bit that I, I think they spend a lot of money. They've they're they're trying to establish themselves, but you're they're comparing themselves to their neighbours Liverpool, who have a turnover in excess of five hundred million a year, and Everton's is one hundred and ninety. Liverpool is a club supported by most of Norway, most of Asia, most of uh, Scandinavia, and so on, and 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 you know it's. Uh, it's it's not a local football club. Everton is still predominantly people that come from Liverpool. That I, I think a lot of club. a lot of neutrals have a lot of warmth towards Everton. I really do. Me, me included. I, I, I tell you what, but though, I, I was dis- disappointed. That's not the right word because it's not really my business. But they got rid of Sam Allardyce for for people saying he's not really an Everton manager and these kind of comments. His points per game ratio I, I would a, have had them sixth. I'm going to make table. a bet with you, Selzy. Yeah. And again, I'm a romantic, emotional chap. Yeah. I'm so... I mean, I'm not an Everton fan at all, but I'm so pleased for them with the Ancelotti appointment. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's wonderful. If I, if I was an Everton fan, I would be filled with the Christmas spirit that, that, that they had Ancelotti, right? So let's make a bet. Go on, then. No, I don't, I don't drink, but I'll buy you a pint. You can buy me a yeah. tap water. That's fine. I'm a teetotaler as well. Are you really? We'll buy yeah, each other a yeah. glass of tap water. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a cheap date, mate. There you go. Um, I I think the Ancelotti appointment will be a roaring success. 
Okay. Well, what is a roaring success? Not getting sacked within six months. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> in this because, because I reckon, you know, I was just about to say to you that Sam Allardyce's points per game ratio would have had them six in the league, and their budget would be six, seven, eight in the league, I would imagine, and that's where they should be. And, you know, it's a bit like the Wenger Out Brigade, you know, oh, Arsenal. You know, I mean, come on. Fourth, fourth budget in the league, finished top four every season, fourth or higher, not good enough. I mean, Mate. again, I, I don't... I totally agree. I, I don't think you know you're not doing a bad job if you finish where your resources say you should. Wenger, you're doing your job. Wenger must be secretly pissing his pants each morning. Well, as he's tucking into his cornflakes every morning, he must be like <laughs> in your face. Yeah, well, they, be careful what you wish for, and be careful. This is what this you is often for. how I am around some of our fans. When, Mate, I'm the same. When we lose a couple of games, be careful you know, what you we wish get for. beaten by Chelsea, and there's sort of outcry, and you're kind of like, guys, how many of our lads would get in their team or should be in? their team and the resources and the money they spend and I know it's not everything Roy's performing minor miracles it, yeah, he's doing very well and he has done since he's been here I love the and man so there's, much there's no uh, we've not had a better manager in this Premier League period for sure uh, Selzy God bless you no problem thank you so much I'd like so to thank better, Adam. Better, better late than never unfortunately better late than never. two and a half hours to get here so it was uh, hell on earth but I didn't want to let you down huge thanks to uh, Adam Sells Huge thanks to Jesse Boyce. Um, God bless uh, Kevin Day and Jim Daly. Um, it's been a, a real honour to uh, to come in and deputise as, as host. Seamless is what I'd describe. I'd like to say good luck. Jim, keep this bit in. Good luck to Jim Daly editing this because this has been all over the place like a mad woman's... I'm not going to say that word. It's a family podcast. <laughs> um, but th- thank you for listening. Uh, and i tell you what. If you ever want to do a spin-off on the 0304 season, I'd be all over that. If you want to draft me in for an episode and we'll talk, we'll talk Derry, Routledge, the return of Julian Gray, you name it, we'll do it. Um, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and uh, and thank you so much as always. Take care. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.